Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some really incredibly fierce and fabulous female entrepreneurs. Why? Because I want to, and I am the star of the show. Well, basically, my guests are the star of the show, and you're going to know why with my guest today, because she can also teach you to be the star of your show. So Lori Gilbertson is a former New York City sex crimes, organized crimes, and homicide prosecutor, which means she's a tough cookie. It also means she's seen a lot of things that probably none of us want to see. She's also been a television legal analyst, an educator, and today is an entrepreneur. And we're going to have a fun time talking about that journey with her. She is the owner of Tribeca Blue Consulting, where she helps professionals like you and I communicate with clarity, confidence, and creativity, not only in their public speaking and presentations, but also for things that you know we're talking a lot about this month, and I can't wait to talk to her more about that too, and that is media presentations. So joining us today, Lori, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, Michael, thanks so much for having me. I love getting called fierce and fabulous. What a way to start the day. Exactly. I feel like that, you know, we have to own this power. We are fierce and fabulous women. (laughs) I love it. Love it. Well, I hit the highlights of your bio, which is really absolutely incredible, but I know that there's always more to the story. So tell us a little bit more in your own words about you, your business, and how you help people to shock their potential. Sure. Well, I am the founder of Tribeca Blue Consulting, where I work with executives, entrepreneurs, and trial lawyers to develop and hone their communications and public speaking skills. Um, What most people, I think, don't think about is that good communication is really an essential leadership skill. And the Mm, great thing about communication is it can be learned. This isn't rocket science. It's not brain surgery. It's not complicated, but it is so important. So there's so many easy and practical ways to make communication clear, engaging, and persuasive. And that's exactly what I do with my clients. Whether it's in business, say you're going into a meeting, you're having a phone call, you're doing a Zoom call, or maybe your company is even putting you on a podcast. (laughs) I help them with that. Or television. Um, I help trial lawyers when they're going into the courtroom, into depositions. I help them win more cases and communicate more persuasively. And like we said, media So much has changed these days about media. Podcasts have taken off. Um, You know, they're a wonderful tool as well as television. So people need to be prepared to get not just their message across, but really who they are, who their company is. And the bottom line that people want to look at is what does this do for me? Sure, I'm a great communicator. I feel great. What's it doing? The bottom line is it leads to more profits for businesses. Mm -hmm. It leads to happier clients. Oh, for yes. business, business people, for trial lawyers, it leads to happier clients, more cases won. I like to think more justice done. And, yep. 
And a great side effect too is in the realm of personal development, communication cuts across everything personal and professional. It really Mm. helps people feel more fulfilled overall, um, helps them get satisfaction in really getting their ideas across in a clear way, and it helps them be more impactful. So in a nutshell, that's what I do with Tribeca Blue. And I do it with group trainings. I do it with interactive workshops, both online and hopefully one day in person again. And I yes. do it with one-on-one coaching as well. I love it. And I know I know there's so much more to this than trial lawyers, but as you yeah. were talking... I just had this this fun thought that, you know, I think most of us, um, because fortunately, most of us have never been in a trial. I mean, maybe maybe you had a little thing like a divorce or whatever. So, you know, you've got that going on. But, you know, a real, you know, trial where there's a lot of bigger consequences, not that there isn't from divorce, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, when you get into a courtroom um, and you are in that situation, I think some of us think that most lawyers just magically have this talent for swaying, you know, a jury or to get their point across, because that's what we see on TV. Mm -hmm. But I've also been in the courtroom because I've been in for not a lot of other legal reasons, but I've actually done some observations for this very issue of communication. And I've seen some really incredibly poor (laughs) lawyers in the courtroom. So it is not an inherent skill that they get. No, you know, it's really not. It's not something law school necessarily teaches you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, lawyers can be really natural storytellers. There's so much opportunity for that. Um, And it's interesting because I, when I formed Tribeca Blue, did not intend to have lawyers as clients. I intended this to be my full break from the law. I didn't want to deal with lawyers anymore. I was done. I was going to fully deal kind of with entrepreneurs and executives as my clients. And that's how I started out. And then over the years, I had lawyers that I knew kind of in my network come to me and say, you know, I'm starting a trial. I don't know what I'm doing. You need to help me. Or I need someone to talk to about this. And there's no one in my law firm. I don't have any training in it. What can I do? I'm embarrassed to go to a partner and tell them I don't know what to do in court. And so this, I, I gradually saw this need kind of arising for attorneys where they really did need someone who is experienced to teach them how to tell these stories, because that's what a trial and courtroom work is all about. It's about yeah. telling the stories. Um, if you're a prosecutor, it's about telling the story of what happened in your um, event with your victim and how it impacted right. them and what justice really looks like. For you know, civil attorneys, it's about telling your client's story um, right. and really giving a jury the sense and the power to do something about it. And when they're going in front of judges, it's the same thing. You've got a judge on the bench hearing hundreds of cases. How do you hone in on a theme and nail it home so they really get it? And that is not easy for a lot of lawyers. Um, So I saw this need, and that's kind of where where my trial coaching came in, although I had really said goodbye (laughs) to the legal profession. Um, And you're absolutely right. There's there's a lot of, um, you know, when lawyers first go into court, there's so much to think about. You know, oh, yeah. what what is it procedurally? What are you doing ethically? How do you respond yes. to counsel? Where do you stand? I mean, oh, gotcha. so, you know, I think maybe some of the bad lawyering you see is, is a lot of lawyers who maybe haven't quite gotten comfortable with those foundational things yet um, to be able to move into a way of thinking of their case in a more nuanced way. And that's well, what, what I help them do. 
And I love too that you talked about communication crosses both personal and professional boundaries. You know, it, it yeah. affects people differently. So I'm going to take a little bit of your example and, and ask you to kind of dive into this a little further because personally, sometimes in relationships, uh, you know, your spouse, your child, your neighbor, your sister, your mother, your brother, you know, when you're trying to maybe convey a message, maybe you're even just, you know, trying to have a, a conversation about, I don't know, something that might be a little controversial in your family. We tend to personally sometimes over talk, you know, talk too much. And when I see people in like the sales environment where I do a lot of coaching, I see people trying to have sales conversations where there's way too much information and you're just throwing it at, at somebody. But I love the fact that you highlighted, you know, you look at trial lawyers who might be standing in front of a judge who's seen 37 cases already that day. It's 4.15 PM. They're tired. They don't want to hear it forever. You know, it's about having communication in a way that you convey your message. You tell the story, you get the emotion but you do it succinctly. And I think it was, oh gosh, I, I can't remember the quote, but something about how it is much harder to say something in or write something in a succinct way than it is in a long way, right? You'd probably <laughs> agree with me that in order to do that, there is a lot of preparation that goes into it. Yes. yes. And um, the idea of presenting something in that succinct and, and coherent way is that you are thinking not of all the things you can say, but of how you can make it easy for your audience, whether mm -hmm. it's a judge, whether it's your child, whether it's your spouse, whether it's on a sales um, sales call, you know, you want to make it easy for the other person. And that's the best kind of communication. The second part of that, which I, I have a feeling you you would agree with this one too, is that listening is oh, yeah. such a huge part of communication. That's why my very huge. first book is called Tell Me More. <laughs> That's How to right. ask the right questions. <laughs> That's right. And you know, I'll I'll tell you, I have I have three teenagers. Um, oh, so life is easy for me right now. I have three teenagers. <laughs> I have a 16-year-old and two 14-year-olds. So they oh, give boy. me a crash course in communication every day. And yeah. I get into this very ingrained bad habit of cross-examining my children. That does not work. You know, I did it for 10 years in courtrooms and don't even get my husband started on it. Oh my God. So I have to pull back and say, you know, this is not forming a relationship. This is not nurturing our relationship. What I need to do is ask questions and listen. Yeah. And I have found that that is probably the most important part of communication before anything yeah. even, you know, before you even start on your message, just asking questions and listening. You learn so much and it helps so much for when you are going to open your mouth and talk. I absolutely agree. You know, I, I cannot agree more. I love it. Well, Lori, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. Are you a highly sensitive individual? If you are, you are part of the 20% of people whose nervous system is wired to take in more stimulation than others. This can feel overwhelming, trying to get by through coping and stuck in your shadows instead of your strengths. But it doesn't need to be that way. You can learn to be in charge of yourself physically, spiritually, and financially in a way that honors your highly sensitive self. 
Heather Dominic is the founder of businessmiracles.com, and she's been training highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders since 2010 to do things differently by working less and making more of a social impact and a higher income. Whether you've been in business for years or are just starting out, highly sensitive entrepreneurs are sick of trying to, usually secretly, manage overwhelm and other ways your highly sensitive nervous system tends to hijack and work against you. Now you're ready to learn how to be comfortable in your highly sensitive skin, to create your work and life to match who you truly are so you can work less while making more impact and income. I should know, as a super uber highly sensitive entrepreneur myself, working with Heather and her team has changed my life and my businesses. To learn more, please use our affiliate link in the show notes or reach out to the Business Miracles team and tell them you heard about them from the Shock Your Potential podcast. Every listener who joins the Business Miracles program in 2022 will receive a selection of five best-selling books from our Shock Your Potential bookstore authors. Leading as a highly sensitive entrepreneur is a mindset to hold and an energy to embody. To lead means to show someone the way to be in charge of. As a highly sensitive entrepreneur, this starts with learning how to be in charge of yourself first and your purpose second. And we're back with Lori Gilbertson, and I'm still giggling over the fact that I'm only laughing because I have so many examples of when uh, I didn't practice my own tell me more listening strategy with my son, who is now 30. And I'm just like, you need to do this and you need to do this. And my husband will just like over in the corner, hold up my own book to me and go, oh, hello. <laughs> It is easier to teach people what to do than it is to always take our own advice, isn't it? Yes. I'm trying to get better, but I think it's a lifelong strategy because it's ingrained. I mean, I'm a I'm a consultant. I, you know, I go in and I fix problems. You are a prosecutor. You, you know, you go into those things ready to cross-examine. I totally get it. Yes. So you've learned a few things, not only about your career, but also about how to transition into being an entrepreneur. And I love, we had a, a nice little discussion before we hit play too. And so I'm hoping you're going to use your term about yourself, but you know, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. What have you learned along the way? What, what have you learned that you had to let go of or what you kept or your secret sauce, something that really sticks with you now that this is your journey? Oh, I never expected to be an entrepreneur. Ever. And the term I used with you is actually one that I'm uh, taking from a client of mine who called himself a reluctant CEO. So I'm mm. going to call myself the reluctant entrepreneur. Not Beautiful. now, but that's how I started. Um, yep. I was always either working for the government or working for big organizations. And I, I really liked having that structure. Um, but a few years ago, um, we moved to Denver from New York City. So trading the, the Manhattan skyline for the Denver mountains. And I was really in a period of trying to figure out what to do next. So I was going on some interviews. I was talking to recruiters. I was thinking about maybe going back into government. I just really, nothing was resonating. Um, nothing was really kind of hitting all, all of my buttons. And so mm -hmm. I thought, well... Let me think about what skills I have that people might actually pay me to help them with. 
And right. I, you know, because Denver, where, where I'm based, is such an amazing ecosystem for entrepreneurs, um, I really just kind of jumped in. I yeah. thought up a name. I got a logo. I, you know, started taking a couple courses. And I thought, let me, you know, I know how to present. I yep. have lots of experience in media from being on television for so long. I love connecting with people. Let me start doing some coaching and doing some speaking. And I, it was, you know, it was really for lack of being able to find a position that worked for me. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, if I can't find it, I'm going to have to create it. And right. that is probably my biggest lesson so far from entrepreneurship is that if you can't find it, make it for yourself because- yeah. There are so many opportunities that people have to really do work that is important to them, that provides value to people, and that, you know, as we were discussing before, gives you some control and flexibility over right. your life, although that's a whole other topic. Um, <laughs> and when I started to look back over my career, um, because as I was, you know, doing it, it definitely led to a lot of soul searching. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of writing, a lot of thinking, a lot of, you know, talking to career coaches, a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. I really saw through my career a thread running through, which was that in every position I had, there was a bit of building my own, my own company, my own business, my own kind of thing in all mm -hmm. these, in all these different positions. And so yeah. when I came to it, I, I really learned that, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit has, has kind of been there all along that um, creativity, um, a bit of adventure and risk-taking mm -hmm. um, a bit of just, you know, I never like to be told what to do. So that's good for an <laughs> entrepreneur. Um, Another reason we like each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, although I, it came reluctantly, it came kind of a, as a way of just, having to do something and not being yeah. able to find what I, what would really fit. Um, ultimately I find I'm, I'm quite suited to it and that it's yeah. not all that um, it's not all that out of the ordinary for me. I think it's something I've been building to for quite a while without realizing it. Well, a couple of things about your story too really resonate nicely with me because I think about how you said, you know, look, I could have gone back into government. I could have gone back into another corporate position. I could have found, you know, there were, because of your training, because of your background as a lawyer, clearly you had amazing options. But the question you were asking wasn't which, you know, all right, what am I going to do? It was, what do I want? What talks to me? What calls to me? And I think that's so important for anybody, whether whether you're an entrepreneur or not. What's calling to you? What you know? We don't have to do work as a drudgery anymore. Whether you want to stay in corporate America or do your own thing, there is. It, I think we're at an awakening, you know, where people are saying, "I want to. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy this." Um, but I also love the fact that you recognized that there were parts of your career when you were working for somebody else that were already building these things. You were already proving mm -hmm. your own, um, you know, portfolio in essence by different things you were doing. And I think that even though you say you're elected uh, uh, entrepreneur, what a great way to have some sense of peace and excitement about what you're doing when you finally made the decision to say, Hey, you know what? I am going to be in more control. And, and I do, I have already been prepping for this. Maybe I just didn't know it. Yeah, that's it, the seeds were there yeah. without me knowing. And I think that also gave me a bit more confidence 
um, mm-hmm. going out there because I think especially when you are starting kind of your own company, when it's really you and you are the brand, you are what you're selling, um, and possibly even for more for women in this way, that is something that you, you really have to learn to embrace because mm-hmm. it's personal. You know, as much as you don't want to think it is, it's personal. What Tribeca Blue Consulting, you know, is Lori Gilbertson. So when I'm putting it out there, if they're hiring me, they're hiring me. If they're not, they're not. And it was very difficult in the beginning to really market myself that way and to really get the confidence to know, like, I do have these skills. I really can put this out there. Even though I'm just starting out, I've been building this, you know, over a 20-year career And now is the time that it's really coming to fruition and blooming. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's that's such a a powerful message to realize you can also be transplanted. You can have Mm -hmm. other types of changes. Um, That flexibility is, you know, in our head. And when we can get a little bit out of our head, our heart might just show us something else we didn't see. Yeah. And sometimes those, look, we, you know, sometimes those, those big changes spark other big changes. You know, oh, yeah. moving moving across the country sparked a big change. You know, being a different in a different environment sparked a big change. And um, sometimes I, I think if people need a big change, if you're not going to make a cross country move or do something like that, it is like you said, just to start kind of thinking about um, mm-hmm. what changes can you make in your mindset, what changes can you make even in your daily routine that can lead to the kinds of things that you're striving for. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I know we're getting near the end, but I wanted to go back a little bit and just ask you one more thing about training that you provide. Um, One exciting thing, and I haven't announced it yet to my followers, although we are announcing it here within the next week or so, is we are launching a really great new program uh, in the beginning of February called Shock Your Media Potential. And this is not for me to train people how to be in the media. This is where we're connecting people with producers in the media industry. So those people who want to have um, more opportunities maybe in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And as we were talking, I was thinking, what a great opportunity. So I'll talk to you later. Maybe we can uh, talk about how we might, you know, make you available Mm -hmm. to some of our clients that are going to participate. But when you have somebody who's maybe they want to start, you know, getting their toe in that water and start to be on television more Podcasts are great, especially the video ones, but I know most people who are trying to build, um, you know, a leadership, uh, you know, expertise on a, on a grander level want to get in front of that TV camera. What do you see with people when they start, they want to venture in there, but they really haven't been trained to handle being on TV? You know, how do you help yeah. them through that process? You know, the first, my kind of um, first rule for everyone is that it is about being yourself. Mm -hmm. It is not about fitting into some mold. It is not about being, you know, someone you see on TV that you want to be exactly like them. Although, you know, sometimes it's good to watch people and get some ideas, but it's about being yourself. So the first thing um, that I see with people who are nervous, I never throw someone right on. We start with some talking. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone's got you know, whether you think you're interesting or not interesting or whatever it is, everyone's got great stories and everyone's got great things and and lots of value to provide. So we really start there so that by the time I get someone in front of a camera and we start working with all those very technical things that you need to know in the media to do these really um, effective and impactful interviews, the content 
is already yeah. starting to come out in a really succinct yeah. way. Because in this age-old communication um, kind of discussion between content and delivery, mm-hmm. I truly believe that you cannot separate them. You know, you you have got to have both. So I start yeah. with the content so that when people start getting out there and really, you know, learning to look into the camera, learning kind of what it means to have a soundbite and time it, um, yes. learning where to look, learning that when you look at a camera, it's the opposite and kind of getting, you know, confused about it, um, yep. learning to have conversations that we start with the content so that when we get into the delivery, people are really comfortable with it. Um, I, yep. I you know, much like you said, looking at lawyers um, in the courtroom, you can look on television and see a lot oh, of people yeah. who have no idea what they're doing oh, um, yeah. every day. <laughs> right. So um, that's how I like to start so that, that there's a general comfort um, with what people are going to be delivering before we get into the nitty gritty, because yeah. then you can just work with it and have fun. And I think what people yeah. don't realize, too, is it's fun. Right. It, it can be I love really it fun. And what I also try to, to get across to, to people who are just starting with this and really trying to get value of it is that um, they're taking a great step, you yeah. know, stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, I don't know about you. I still hate watching myself on television. <laughs> I still hate watching my clips. I, well, I don't mind. I don't hate it, but I critique myself on everything. Totally. Totally. Um, I learn and I, and I do tell clients, you do need to watch. So I, I do do that yeah. too. Um, but really that, that to be really proud of themselves for taking them st- that step to know Absolutely. that they are, are, you know, stepping out of a comfort zone in some way. Um, and that to come into it with that kind of confidence. And that also seems to kind of get people a little, a little more comfortable as we get started. Yeah. I agree. And I, I completely agree with everything mm-hmm. you say, because it's, you've got to know your topic. And once you know your topic, then you have to learn how to put it into television right. bites. Yeah. And then once you have to do that, you learn where to look, what to do, and what to ha- happen right. when there's a pause. <laughs> and, and the thing, too, is that, you know, like with all great communication, it's not about you. It's, right. just, it's not about you. Right. Even with learning all those things that you just mentioned, it is not about you. It is about the value that you are bringing that no one else is bringing right then. You are bringing that, be confident in that, and just know you're giving people an opportunity. You know, you're giving people an opportunity to share what you know. And as much as, um, you know, to, I throw in a little mantra for people beforehand. I always, um, I like to tell clients, you know, who go on and say, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Let's replace it. How about, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I have had clients tell me before they go on television or before they get up in a big presentation, they hear me in their ear saying, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, So that's, uh, I think that's a a great way to look at it. Absolutely. Flip that script, man. And it'll change the outcome without a doubt. I love it. Lori, um, we were going to, we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes just, but just in case somebody is like, I'm too lazy to look, I mean, not too lazy. (laughs) I want to look her up right now. What's the best way for them to find you? Sure. A super easy way to find me is my website. It's a long name, but it's easy to remember. Tribeca, T-R-I-B-E-C-A stands for Triangle Below Canal which is one of my favorite neighborhoods where I lived in New York City, yes, exactly. blueconsulting.com. So that's an easy way to find me and contact me. I am also on LinkedIn. 
just look up Lori Gilbertson. You will find me. I'd love to connect with you and chat with anyone and feel free to put um, the name of Michael's podcast, Shock Your Potential, in there so that I know you got to hear this great conversation. I love it. Lori, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Oh, sure. I would love to share one of my favorite quotes. So this is a quote from Howard Thurman, who is a civil rights activist as well as an educator. And I think this really aligns with what we've been talking about today, Michael. Um, And this um, this is what he said. He said, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and Mm. go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. I love that so much. And it's so true. What a great visionary and what a great quote and absolutely fantastic information from you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Michael, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.